And so where our focus is right now from a 3M standpoint is how do we really nurture that culture of learning? Because learning breeds innovation, right? Because learning breeds an idea of like something new, something creative can come out of this. So the learning leads to creativity, the creativity leads to innovation. How do we reinvigorate that in all of us with all of these factors happening? That becomes the big question for us. That's our problem statement, is how do we continue to nurture our culture of learning? And how do we recognize, too, both the formal and informal? Leaders face challenges every single day. That's why Udemy Business is bringing you a new podcast called Leading Up. I'm Alan Todd, the host of Leading Up and Vice President of Udemy Business. In every episode, I have conversations with guests who share the inspiration, advice, and research you need to level up. Let's work, lead, and live differently. Since the beginning of last year, more than 50 million people have resigned from their jobs. Today's guest sees another trend underfoot, the great disengagement, where employees feel a lack of connection to their work and even to the mission and purpose of their organization. Our guest is Samuel Ragsdale, and he's the director of enterprise learning at 3M a company renowned for innovation. And we talk about solutions to this problem, including how Samuel's reinventing learning and inspiring more creative and connected experiences at 3M. Samuel, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Let's get started. I want to hear more about just, you know, starting at Microsoft and you're in tech and how did you end up getting into HR and then, and then you end up in doing global learning at 3M. Tell us that story. So it's, I think, a huge growth mindset moment because you'd have to really squint to see some of the connections that were made. It's a really great question. So I actually started, uh, after my MBA program, I went into um, public policy and government affairs. And what I really liked was the people connection. And along the way, I stumbled across Microsoft. And finally, later on, I was in business management. My boss came to me and said, hey, I have your next role for you. Uh, we have great opportunity for you in HR. And that, that long pause was really like kind of, I'm just remembering this moment of just being like, say what? All right. He's like, hear me out. Hear me out. This was about the time where Satya Nadella had come in to be the new CEO. And Satya had a different vision for Microsoft, right? And he saw HR as a critical avenue for achieving that and thinking differently about the employee experience and transitioning the work that we do in HR to then how do we create products out of it? And it started to open my eyes to the opportunities, right? Of like, oh, I need to rethink how I think about this that it is actually an opportunity to bring to bear my skill set around technology, product creation, but getting back closer to a different set of customers, applying what I know to our internal customers so that it can then be translated later on to external, and getting kind of back to my purpose around helping people. And I, and I hadn't really thought of it that way before. When I got to HR, I, I really quickly figured out that I, I didn't know anything, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to that growth mindset idea around like being open to the challenge. And part of that challenge was like reopening my mind to learning, 
right? Reinvesting in my own learning and development and looking at not only what I brought to bear there, but also what can I gain? What could I learn from this experience that would translate then through my career? That growth mindset is so important. I know it's something that you've taken with you as the director of enterprise learning at 3M. How are you seeing with the great resignation, like organizations are feeling this everywhere. And how's that affected skill gaps, employee engagement? You're part of a large global organization. We're hearing about pain everywhere. You know, what do you see? 3M is no different than a lot of the other companies out there right now is that I think we're all feeling the effects of the great resignation, right? We're seeing people leave the workforce or choosing not to come back into the workforce after leaving. What I'm actually more concerned about, what kind of keeps me up at night is what I see around kind of whether you want to call it quiet quitting or what I'm calling like the great disengagement is people not giving their full 100%. And there's a lot of factors around that is, you know, if you look at the last two years alone, the amount of complexities that are in place from a market standpoint are immense, right? It's not just about the pandemic. It's also about what we're seeing from a supply chain standpoint, a labor and workforce standpoint, inflation standpoint. It's harder to get things done in a globally dispersed environment. And so I think the pandemic brought all of this to a head and happened over a quick period of time. But all of these things compounded across all of us and I think each one of us looks at these some of these moments and go, I can't sustain this. This is too much, right? There's too much change. There's too much things coming at me. It's easier just to put my head down, do the things that I'm asked to do, and that's it. And, you know, that's kind of the killer of innovation, yeah. right? When people are like, too much. And, and I recognize it because, it, you know, I see it happening to myself sometimes, too, of like, oh, just too much. I need to just not focus on any of this stuff. Instead of really peeling that back and saying, how do I think differently about this? How do I respond differently to these inputs? Because these inputs are coming more frequently and they're coming in a harder duration, right? Or more intensity in their duration. And so I think we all have to rethink our engagement in order to avoid that disengagement that we're seeing. Yeah, for sure. As you look through the lens of, let's say, your emerging leaders, your frontline leaders, what are you doing? How do they make a difference? And how are you using the power of learning to take them forward? That's a great question. At 3M, where we put a lot of emphasis is on our supervisors. And I think first, it's important to understand that we draw a distinction between the attributes of leadership and the attributes of supervision. Right. When we think about the attributes of supervision, it's very much about nurturing versus the attributes of leadership, which is very much around influence. Both are equally important, but where we started our conversation was around our supervisor population, because we know that supervisors have the biggest effect on the employee experience. I think there's a body of Gartner research a couple of years ago around uh, supervisors affect 70% of the employee experience. And so with this great churn that we see going on today, we saw the best utility or the biggest bang for our buck really being in our supervisor population and rethinking the expectations of our supervisors. And the way we're thinking about it, again, going back to that idea of nurturing, what are we, what are we holding our supervisors accountable for? And we put it under kind of three broad categories, that of modeling our culture, 
connecting people to people or people to ideas. And finally, empowering others through clarity. Yeah. Right. And that empowerment really speaks back to, you know, modern leadership, whether you want to call it distributed leadership or eco leadership, but thinking about how do we drive work and excellence through others by modeling our culture, helping to drive out purpose and making those connections. Because at the end of the day, our, our supervisors are the facilitators of connections and moments that matter. And that's where we're really putting the emphasis, not just from an expectation perspective, but also from a development perspective. Yeah. So how is that harder now? Supervisors creating connections, right? How is that different from the world you grew up in, Samuel, let's say pre-2020 to the world that we're faced with today? Uh, I mean, that's that's a great question. Let's go back to my experience when I was still at Microsoft and I moved into HR. One of the things that I was really fortunate about was I had really good peer mentors, like really, really good, like industry world-class peer mentors. I think about Arata, who was the head of organizational design or one of the heads of organizational design at Microsoft, one of the big architects around the cultural movement that we had at Microsoft during the time and the amount of time that she spent with me to connect the dots, to explain the craft, to understand the why. I think about people like Pete Heller, who is one of the heads of learning there. And he's spending a deep amount of time, you know, grounding me in um, things that I had no clue about, like, you know, adult education theory. And that type of peer mentorship going past just a, you know, a peer relationship or a supervisor relationship, but really a mentor in your education made such a difference. And it's harder now. Right. It's harder now that we have these distributed workforces. Like there's so much benefit that comes out of remote work. There really is. You know, I think about my global team today. You know, we're a 24 hour a day organization. There's always someone on, there's always someone who's working on one of our problems. Yeah. But the opportunity to have that deep, immersive relationship with someone, it, it's not like I can't just go walk down the hallway anymore. Right. I can't just go in and just knock on the door and say, I I need help. It has to be so much more intentional. It's less organic than it used to be. And I think that it's so important because I think actually our our the newer people to the workforce today and actually the people who are established 10-year workforce are probably suffering the greatest in this. Right. After this short break, Samuel shares his advice for leaders facing this disengagement and what keeps him curious. The buzz around Gen AI isn't going anywhere. Leaders and managers are key to identifying how their companies can use the technology and creating a plan to grow their employees' skills. Learn how Udemy can help at business.udemy.com forward slash Gen AI now. There are some huge benefits to this new kind of hybrid work. And then there's this drawback on connection, mentorship, tutelage. You know, how, let's kind of imagine this forward then. You know, what what's the solution? How are you thinking about it? What are ideas, things you want to do to to sort of make a difference, bend this curve, if you will. 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is our intentionality around things has to shift, right? First, going back to your first part of your question around, there is a lot of benefit around a globally dispersed workforce and that you can be working on things constantly. And people working from where they're most comfortable enables them to be the most productive people they can be, right? And flexible based around their schedule. Like there's no doubt about that. Like I have small kids. I need to go do pickup at three o'clock, right? Like there's so much flexibility that comes with that, that I think it's inherent to our modern experience. Where we're still struggling is around the engagement that happens organically within an office setting, right? Right. And the learnings that come organically because you could just knock on someone's door. Now you have to schedule time, right? Now you have to go bother someone. Now you have to go ping them. Hey, do you have five minutes? Like there's a lot more intentionality that comes into that. And it's easy when things get busy to not take that moment. Like, do you remember when you were really busy, you could just get up out of your desk and just be like, I got to put this down. And you could go walk next door and just like have a chat. Yep. It's harder to do that now. Yeah. So I think the intentionality around how we have to create what I call moments that matter is where us as leaders really have to focus our time is how do we create these? And they may not be organic like they were in the past, but how do we create these inorganic moments that we're able to bring these populations of people together to connect intentionally around this? And, you know, because I said that there's benefit not only to those who are early in career, but there's a tremendous amount of benefit that comes with that engagement who are people who are established in their career. Right. The analogy I'll use, and maybe it's not a great analogy, but I think about a couple of years ago when one of my dogs was really old and starting to show those signs of just like, I don't really want to go for this walk anymore. Like, I don't want to do these things. As soon as we got a puppy and we introduced a puppy back into our family dynamic, my dog changed almost overnight. It was like, she was like a puppy again, right? Of like, oh yeah, like I remember this. I want to go on the walk now. I want to go do these things. I think that there is a tremendous amount of benefit that comes out with people, especially they, people want to share their experience, right? And there's so much wisdom in that work experience to be shared, And when you're able to pair up somebody who's new in their career and bring the energy and pairing it with the wisdom, there's so much goodness that comes out of that. And that used to happen organically in the office, right? Right. Now we have to think about it intentionally. And we have to reprogram our leaders to think about it that way around how do I create these intentional connections? How do I facilitate them? How do I make sure that they continue and blossom? And I think that goes back to that idea when I was talking about model connect and empower is that goes back to that connect. It's how do I really orchestrate this in a new way, in a digital footprint way of people connecting intentionally and thinking about who I connect to whom and why? Yeah, I and I imagine at a company so known for innovation, like 3M, right? Where people, the bumping into each other, the magic moments that happen that end up inventing products that are changing the world, right? That's happened so many times. It makes it just, it makes me wonder 
how are you going to drive that, you know, as leaders? How do we create environments that, that drive this inspiration, that drive creativity, that drive collaboration? How can you instigate those things to happen? And how, how are you doing that? Or how should we think about that as, as leaders? It's a great question. And I don't have all the answers on this. I think with most people is like, we're trying to figure this out. Right. I think our R&D community especially has done a really good job of this, regardless of the situation. They've always been the spirit of sharing the experience of collaboration is almost ingrained in our R&D community at 3M. Like they're so good at this. And I think that part of it is like we, we need to look to inspiration from where it happens organically and create these moments or trying to artificially create this into then the different business segments that we have, right? And so that's one of the things that we're doing is we're paying attention to how it's being done well. And then I think the first step in our journey, though, is really recognizing where the opportunity lays and resetting our manager population to be intentional about it, right? And it's not that we have the answers for how to how to get it done or the best way to get it done. It's more around illustrating to our supervisors, hey, here's where the disconnect's happening. Here's then your new role in in the modern work context, the modern teaming context, it's no longer really about the control and distribution of work. It's around the empowerment of work and the connection of people to people and people to ideas. And that's a shift, right? That's a big shift in mindset to a supervisor population. And so that's where really we're starting with the conversation is like having people shift to this idea of like, oh, I get it, is that I don't need to be worried about who's necessarily doing what or how they're doing it. I need to ensure that they have the right information, the why, the what, the requirements around a particular task, and then empower them within the guide rails to go do that and ensure that they have the tools and resources and capabilities to be able to execute. And part of that is other people. So for us, where we are on the journey is really helping people to rethink the opportunity that's ahead of us, and then work back through looking at where is it blooming? Where is it happening naturally or really well? And then how do we take those best practices and start disseminating and distributing them across the workforce? I'll give you a good example and some of the things that you we started to see differently is instead of sending an email, we've seen leaders start to record short messages. Right. Like, hey, I'm going to record this message around, hey, here's the opportunity or here's the problem. I'm going to frame everything out for the community. Right. And then I post it in our Teams chat and I invite the community to then respond. What are your thoughts? What are, where are people gravitating? Then you see people like through their rhythm start to naturally add ideas, attach, you know, attach a PowerPoint from work that was done previously. You see, you see this start to snowball through that connection people made through a different fabric, right? Leveraging that people connection. Cause like when I can through your email, you know, you only get the words, but with the video, you get the words and the visual cues and the importance around it or the non-importance around it. And it sets a different tempo and then it creates that natural engagement within it. And it allows that to happen offline. It, you know, And then once it hit a critical mass, then who do I bring in from that group? 
right? Who who is really who's really gravitating around this problem? And then I may bring them together for a moment that matters, right? Right. And then back out into the ether. So we're starting to see where things are working and where things aren't. And how do we take better advantage of the tools, right? The the tools that we have that we never had to really rely on in the past, but now we do. How do we use them more effectively? Yeah. You're describing like new organizational capabilities. You have to build a new muscle. We have new tools, new process. And I mean, that's a really beautiful example, right? Of starting to get people to collaborate, but you have to do it digitally and around providing the infrastructure. So I think about your role in learning. How do you create the conditions and shape the environment for learning, right? So you're in this new world and probably a lot of people um, that are listening will be learning leaders trying to think about how do I how do I do that? Because it, it feels like a daunting task, right? If the world worked a certain way for a long, long time, let's just say from the age of sort of early email to 2019, communication was the same and we still bumped into each other in the office every day. Mm-hmm. And now you're describing in hybrid, you're getting some some things to blossom, right? So how do you create the conditions and shape the environment for learning what do you have to do, maybe in this particular case, advice to to a learning leader who's trying to figure this out for, for their company? So I think we all have to recognize that the learning has changed and we're also fighting some unseen factors. And I go back to that idea of like the great disengagement. Right. And so where our focus is right now from a 3M standpoint is how do we really nurture that culture of learning? Because learning breeds innovation, right? Because learning breeds an idea of like something new, something creative can come out of this. So the learning leads to creativity, the creativity leads to innovation. How do we reinvigorate that in all of us with all of these factors happening? That becomes the big question for us. That's our problem statement, is how do we continue to nurture our culture of learning? And how do we recognize, too, both the formal and informal? And so where we've really turned is more towards the social learning front. And how do we have this mix modality experience where, yes, you're assimilating some information through online development, but then you're connecting with peers through cohorts and it's online, right? It's leveraging like teams environment or like Slack environment where you can ask questions, you can pose ideas. And that's where we're starting to try to move the needle because what we are seeking to do is re-engage people. And that re-engagement is that conversation. Right. When I think about learning every day or our, our environmental learning, it's about people sharing ideas, thoughts, experiments with each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think a lot of it is right. It's the power of connecting. Right. So we know humans are social species and it's and it's the power of structured dialogue. Exactly. And when you put those two together, that's where you have some fuel. Right. And so if we can incorporate the digital collaboration as part of our learning cycle, it gets people more comfortable, especially our leader population, with the possibility. Well, if I can do this, if I can do this in the learning platform, I can do this on Teams, right? You know, that, that was actually a direct quote yeah. from a leader who was going through one of our experiences. He goes, well, if I can do this in this platform, I can do it on Teams. I'm like, exactly. Like, that's the idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's beautiful. So as we wrap up here, there's a question that we love to ask our guests, and that is, what are you curious about now? What are you learning now? I stumbled across this book that has me like fully immersed. It's called The Science Behind Middle Earth. Tolkien's great work, you know, Lord of the Rings and uh, the Salmarillions and all that stuff. It's the science behind it. How could those things actually exist from a scientific standpoint? That's been actually one of my like secret treats lately from a non-work standpoint is the science of Middle Earth. Professionally, where I've been spending a lot of time is really organizational teaming. And so actually my team and myself have been on a really deep journey around how do we engage differently with one another? And what are the best practices that we create to foster the best connections? Which aligns back to what we're trying to do organizationally. How do we execute that work in a different way that doesn't require as much oversight? Because you can't really have oversight in a highly distributed global environment. So how do you do it without oversight to achieve the same results? And so we've been doing a lot of experimenting within my own team around that. And I've I've personally gotten a lot of joy from that because it's I've started applying some of those practices to my home life too. And the way that I in the way that I engage with my children around, hmm, am I being too commanding and controlling in this moment? Like, should I give them more autonomy? Should I really be like, here's the why, here's the what, and here are the requirements you need to work in. And then letting them use their creative little minds that have no boundaries to then go, you know, do the thing. Um, so, I, you know, I've been, I've been getting a lot of benefit out of that work, both personally and professionally. Yeah, I love how you're connecting the dots between professional and personal learning. And I think if you look at the world, you know, we talk about, you know, doing work from our homes. You see people working with their made up bed behind them, right? They're in their apartment and the lines have been kind of irreversibly removed that used to exist between the workplace, uh, your work life and your, and your home life. So the idea of, influence and teaming and future of teaming and and applying that to personal life is that's a beautiful thing that's something i gotta go i gotta go reflect on that and i gotta figure out what the science of middle earth is because you're kind of blowing my mind with that so i have to go figure out what what that is i'll lend it to you after i'm done samuel thank you so much for joining us on the podcast your insights, so valuable. We so appreciate your experience and background, your thinking, your philosophies. And it's been great to have you today. So thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. That was Samuel Ragsdale, who leads global enterprise learning for 3M. Thank you so much for listening to Leading Up, a podcast from Udemy. If you've learned something new, tell a friend about this show. Follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, such as Apple, Spotify, or Stitcher. That way you never miss an episode. To learn more about Leading Up or how Udemy can help you close skill gaps and move business forward, visit business.udemy.com. The Leading Up podcast is produced by Udemy in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Alex Vickmanis, Amy Machado, 
Brian Rivers, Danielle Roth, and Carter Wogan. Our original theme is by Soundboard. <laughs>